100101001100thatsinthebible.com is celebrating their 100th episode with this amazing intro jingle. Bringing you great Bible podcasts since 2009. 100. That's in the Bible, episode 100. Quick answers to common questions, part two. Troubles and times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear, powers at stake. Humbling your hearts to God, saves from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians away. Hello, this is Eric. Glad you could join us again for another episode, podcast number 100. And you'd think by the 100th time I'd be able to fit all the, all of the beginning in without the uh, voices coming in and the music coming in. But no, I'm, it's still a work in progress here at That's in the Bible. And uh, we've got the full house today. We've got Pastor Steve. I'm here. Excited. <laughs> We've got Pastor Strobel. Right behind him. And we've got Matthew. Far behind. <laughs> Matt's got a little delay coming from the Arctic up there in uh, Point Hope, Alaska. But glad you could join us. So we thought we w- what we would do would be a little bit different this time since it's the 100th episode that we would um, go through and, and look at some of the or listen to some of the past episodes that we've we've had we've experienced um you know when matthew and i started this podcast actually back in 2009 um i we had no idea did we matt that it was going to go for you know lord willing it went for 100 episodes i know no you just said hey you know i want to do something online just to you know an episode or two and just have some fun with it and do some bible and i said sure let's do it and that's all i thought and so originally i i got interested in the whole idea of podcasting it was relatively new back in 2009 and um i had to use a lot of equipment compared to what i use today uh, just to kind of piece it together and i had not really figured it all out but we went with it anyway and I had a friend at work that said, yeah, I'll do a podcast with you. And we were just going to do something silly. And I thought, "Mm, I don't want to do that. I'd rather do something that maybe would be more spiritual, more um, long lasting, that would be helpful to others. And and so, and then at the same time, I think, Matt, you were um, interested in maybe preaching or doing something. And I thought, you know, this will also give Matthew an opportunity to... um, you know, put together some messages and some studies. So I thought it would help you as well. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, only saved when we started it. I was only saved for about four years at that point. So I was definitely newly saved, didn't really know what the Lord had for me. So it was, it was, it's definitely been a huge blessing to me. So, amen. So when we first started, um, and I don't know if, not that I'm that much better at it today with a hundred episodes in, but when we first started the, um, that up that first episode was highly scripted it was uh 
it's a I remember little... we 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 took probably twenty five minutes to say, okay, you say this, I'll say this. <laughs> After you say that, I'll say this. <laughs> it was a little painful. It's a little painful for me to listen to today. Um, and but that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna listen to a little clip here from uh, the opening of uh, episode one. And and the weird thing also is. You know, Matthew is my son, as some of you, maybe most of you know, if you've listened to the podcast for very long. And But we we thought, well, how's that going to sound? Would that sound hokey if I say, okay, son, uh, what do you think? You know, so <laughs> yeah. we had decided that we were going to call each other by the, our first names, which we did maybe for the first four shows and five maybe, first episodes, and then thought, that's just too awkward. Let's not do that anymore. But so these first couple of episodes, you're calling me Eric, which you'd never done up until we started to do this uh, podcast. And every time I, I would say your name, I, it was just so awkward. <laughs> every time I'd say it, <laughs> it was weird. So let's listen to um, let's listen to the beginning of uh, episode one. Jesus is coming. Welcome to That's in the Bible. Hi, my name is Eric, and my name is Matt. And we are here to take a look at the amazing things found in this wonderful book called the King James Bible. So take a few minutes and join us today. Why not get your Bible and get ready to study along with us as we discover truths that are found in God's Word. Hi, welcome to our very first show of That's in the Bible. We hope it to be a very regular podcast, and we hope that you will also join us very regular. My name is Eric, and sitting next to me is Matt. Hi, Matt. Hi, Eric. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well, <laughs> and I'm excited about the show, and I hope we're going to answer a lot of questions and maybe show people some of the things that are in the Bible that they didn't know were in there before, and also to show them that there's some things that they might have thought were in the Bible that, in fact, are not. That's very true. Uh, there's there's so many people that we talk to day in and day out uh, that actually um, are a lot of truths that are in the Bible that they didn't know were there, plus a lot of things that are not there, a lot of things that their churches tell them, which there is no... So there you have it. That was from the first episode. Matt made up a word, a lot of truths. T-R-U-E-S. <laughs> I was just repeating pretty much exactly what you said. <laughs> I was scared out of my mind. So a lot of truths is one word? <laughs> yeah. It's about three or four syllables. T-R-U-E-S. A lot of truths. Uh, truths, I got to. Hey, I didn't think it sounded bad at all. You know, that's you think we, that's, I think we should go back to something to more. start. Something more scripted? <clears throat> no, I just think that for for the first episode, you know, of necessity, you're going to be that way. Yeah. And to me, it didn't sound really terribly stilted or awkward. It, it was a good segue into what you guys intended to do yeah, and have been doing. That's very kind of you, Pastor Strobel, to say. <laughs> so that was January 2009. And uh, we went on to do um, several more episodes before Steve joined us. Let's see, we did episode two. Episode one was Body, Soul, and Spirit. Episode two was Why Good People Don't Go to Heaven. Episode three is where Steve joined us. Steve, how did we talk you into joining us? Uh, through much pain and toil, you uh, you dragged me into this thing. You've got all these schemes that you just somehow convinced me that they're good ideas. And and I have to say that 
that after I got into it, after the first couple of podcasts, that I kind of loosened up a little bit. But like you, I was pretty stiff for the first couple. <laughs> uh, but you and I had talked about doing something a long time ago when we were back in Lockport. And, and uh, it was just kind of a standing joke. And, uh, you know, we were going to do a program called the Spiritual Jew Hour and going to be a radio program. And um, uh, it just, you know, kind of every time we'd see each other, we'd, we'd make comment one way or the other. And you kind of hinted that uh, this might be a form of that. So uh, with that being said, you kind of convinced me to to uh, come along. And, and I just thought it was going to be for a couple of them. But uh, here we are, we 100, and I'm still here. <laughs> we, we roped you in. And uh, here's, here's Steve's first introduction. Okay, well, welcome back to That's in the Bible. Here we are with our third episode and on Skype today. I'm in the studio and on Skype is Matt. How you doing, Matt? I'm great. How you doing, Eric? Doing pretty good. And we also have Steve joining us with, with us right here at the front of the show. Hey, Eric. How you doing? Good, Steve. Thanks for joining us. So, we're going to try this out. We haven't really done a conference call via Skype, so we'll see how this works. So far, it's so good. And uh, Steve, what's the, what's the lesson today that we're going to be hearing about? The, Bible's, uh, the lesson we have for today is, is the Bible for everyone? Is the Bible for everyone? So there was Steve. And Steve, you're, you're a natural at that. <laughs> Kid yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So we did um, quite a few episodes before Pastor Strobel joined us. Let's see, episode <laughs> episode, episode ten. Um, it, you, actually, I used your one of your I think it was the Sunday school lesson, um, yes. and it was titled "The Mysteries of Easter in the Modern Era," and then I just uh, retitled it. What does the Bible say about Easter? And I. I, uh, I'm sure I asked you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I did not title it the mysteries of Easter in the modern era, but I, <laughs> but it, but it's possible I did. You know, I, and I, po- my own words could could convict me wrong. I wish I had saved that many cl- years ago. I wish I had saved that clip. <laughs> but if you do, if you listen to that episode, you'll, you'll that's hear what it. I called it, huh? Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> and uh, but you actually weren't part of the show then i think i asked you if i could use it and you kindly said yes, yes. you did and yes then, you happened to be visiting i believe on that day and and asked if you could afterwards and uh let's see you didn't actually join us until episode 22 and that was um we had a fellow that i used to work <laughs> with um we, he was confused about how to be saved or could he be saved and you joined in with us and then episode 23 you brought your first lesson on how to understand the bible and that was october 2009 well if i could just preempt here um you guys ain't heard nothing yet when it comes to being stiff because <laughs> first came on. <laughs> now i think this i think steve is the one that asked you to join because we were we were talking about it and this is before I think I, you know, had your understood your uh, humor. You had a sense of humor. You're, you're always a little uh, intimidating to me, as far well, as you had you had talked to me like when you'd visit, you'd mention it, and uh, I just, you know, didn't really. 
I mean, I had enough to do. I felt at that point, <laughs> I didn't really jump at the opportunity, but again, eventually you guys wore me down. I think Steve, we, we put Steve to work. Cause <laughs> we're good at that. Yeah. <laughs> he was going to Attica with you or something. And yes. Yeah. 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 To work. They were, yeah, they that was when they would let us out for the weekends and yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> and so you know along the way, be you know one of the things you have to do in order to um, make these calls work and for everyone to hear what's happening is called you would have to back then you'd have to set up what's called a mix minus, which it's hard for me to explain. But needless to say, I didn't really understand it then. Um, and as a result, um, it caused some problems. Steve was doing an episode on the doctrine of the great deep, which was episode 14. And I thought my microphone was off, um, but it wasn't. And, and Steve, you know, the doctrine of the great deep, that's not a light subject, is it, Steve? No, it's not. And so Steve's trying to go it's through pretty, this. And I'm a pretty deep, deep subject. <laughs> It is. <laughs> yeah. My chair is squeaking. Papers are going. So here's a here's here's a little clip of that. They were trying to get across and trying to prove, and uh, <laughs> so that kind of had a, a a little bit of a tie-in. You'll you'll see what I mean in a minute. Uh, but in regards to the Big Bang, a, a, a very dear friend of mine was working with a couple of guys, and they were talking about the Big Bang and and how it all happened and all that kind of stuff, and. Of course, they know he's a Christian, and he and he pipes into the conversation. He goes, "You know, you know, I believe in the Big Bang," and they go, "What? Really? You you believe in the Big Bang?" He says, "Yeah, I believe in the Big Bang. I just believe it happens at the end and not the beginning." Amen. <laughs> and he quoted the verse to him in Second Peter chapter three, and it says this: "The Lord is not slack concerning His promises; some men count slackness." But is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So, I mean, it goes on. And in some cases, it gets worse and gets louder. <laughs> Steve, how'd you, how'd you able to keep concentration? Uh, I don't know. I just, you know, I remember hearing all that stuff, and I'm, I'm wanting to just stop and say, Eric, <laughs> you know, hey, we just stop it? You know, that type of thing. But I figured, well... That's not professional, so I'll just keep going. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, you, you hear me <clears throat> kind of clear my throat and stuff like that. I don't know if you have anything to say about this, but you remember I got uh, my ribs broke and uh, was trying to teach while trying to keep from coughing and, and all that kind of stuff. That went on for several several uh, episodes uh, back then uh, where, where I'd messed up my ribs and uh, and uh, was tr struggling trying to talk at any length of time to, without <clears throat> clearing my throat or coughing or keep suppress the cough and all that kind of stuff. So some people that listen for episodes back then, you'll you'll readily hear all that and uh, wonder what's going on with him. <laughs> so the question that comes to mind is, how did you get your ribs broke? Well, I was playing basketball, and, oh. and uh, it had a group of guys that uh, we played four-on-four four full court for about two or three hours, and and uh, it was, you know, good exercise and stuff like that, and I went to make a move, and the guy decided to come through my back instead of going around me and broke my ribs in, in a, uh, probably about two or three places. My I think my lung collapsed, and, and I was on the floor for 
for a good long period of time trying to get my breath and um it uh, kind of took me out for a mm. while so pretty rough think you think you asked me that on on one of the podcasts and, yeah. and did explain that so so i apologize again <gasps> for all the noise i made uh and uh, ah. all that all that well one of the things that you we didn't used... you 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 edited out the worst part I don't the, the uh, flushing the toilet. <laughs> there, there, there might have been. I, I, I did listen through it. I couldn't hear it. I couldn't find it. So I, I might. Oh, have. okay. Well, if if everybody wants to listen to the episode again, you could you could look for it or try and listen for the flushing of the toilet in the background, which gives another ap- episode. Well, Easter egg hunt here. Uh, another, yeah, exactly. Another aspect of the great deep. Um, so. The other thing that we used to do, we used to do what's called the quote of the day. Oh yeah. And let's let's see if you recognize this voice, anyone. All right. Well, the quote of the day is going to come from a man called Bob Jones Sr. and he is uh, the closest, I guess, as you would call a Christian philosopher. Um, and he is known for his uh, his wis- words of wisdom and his quotes. and And this quote is uh, is the man who is a success in this life is the man that finds out what God wants him to do and does it. Anybody recognize that voice? I do. Who is it, Steve? It's my son, Jason. Yeah. Oh. He He did a spot, or a guest spot, I guess you could say, on one of the programs there. Yeah. So, we sat in an office yeah, with two wired uh, uh, headphones in the thing, and it was like 90 degrees in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have the fan on because of the equipment that we had. And yes, I remember that one. So another quote of the day was, uh, was Steve. And uh, this, is, this is Steve doing a quote of the day. Um, Well, I'll just play it and we can talk about it afterwards. (laughs) All right. So now it's time for our quote of the day. And we've got Steve here with our quote. Well, I'm going to venture a little bit uh, off the path that we've had over the, the past few podcasts that we've had and do something a little bit more current. In fact, it's, uh, Uh, In today's Buffalo Evening News, it's from the Associated Press, and uh, some of you uh, listening to the podcast may have heard about this uh, chimpanzee in Stamford, Connecticut that attacked a woman. Uh, This woman was visiting a friend of hers who owns the chimpanzee, and uh, for some unknown reason, the chimpanzee attacked her and was finally uh, put to death by police. And I want to read you some things about the chimpanzee first and then try to give you a quote from uh, um, Colleen McCann. I, um, she's, uh, I hate to interrupt you, Steve, but just listening to that, I'm surprised that uh, some people aren't, wouldn't have rather had it the other way around. And, you know, that the, uh, the how dare the woman, you know, get in the way of the chimpanzee. <laughs> how, dare they, how dare they kill the chimp, chimp, chimp instead of the woman. Yeah, well... <laughs> Chimp almost got her. <laughs> She's still in critical condition. Wow. All right, well, let me read this. And uh, it's from Stanford, Connecticut. Travis. So that was one of the earlier shows, Steve. <laughs> so, so, so what was the quote going to be? 
Yeah. Well, it was, it was, you know, the chimpanzee had been trained to sit at the table and eat and had pants on and would take its pants off to go to the bathroom and all this kind of stuff. And then, uh, you know, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something that, that the, uh, uh, person was saying, you know, what do you expect from an animal? Mm-hmm. And this was supposed to be an evolutionist, you know, and here they're trying to prove evolution by how sophisticated this chimp is. And then <laughs> then turn oh. around and say, what do you expect from an animal? <laughs> yeah. You know, and it, was, it was just, you know, the oddity of, of the whole thing in here. So that's kind of the, the gist of it. I, I don't have the exact quote. It's been a while, years ago <laughs> since that. Yes. Took place. And unfortunately for Steve, I mean, Steve read that. I mean, just kind of cold. Not knowing that uh, that other stuff was added in later. Yeah, the the piano music was added in later. The sound effects were all added in later. And uh, I promised I'd never do that again. <laughs> Obviously, he didn't promise he'd never play it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't that bad, really, was it? I mean, I think it's taken on when, when you re- recall it, remember it. It sounds worse than it actually is. Yes, I, I would that's say I would say because I that's the first time I did actually hear it, and um, I imagined it much worse than that. Yeah. All right, and the uh, <laughs> the last little clip I have to play is um, <clears throat> now. Let me set this up a little bit. One of the things that we do when we record the podcast is we we record at all different times and and things and and. Um, it, Steve now is retired. Steve now is retired technically, but but he was getting up very early in the morning, like five or I don't know, earlier than that, Steve. I don't know how early you were getting up to go to work. It was like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. So, and then we would record often sometimes at at night. And uh, so Matt was bringing an episode uh, on ghosts and, uh, so, so and it was a very exciting episode, by the way, too. I mean, very, very exciting. <laughs> so what we would do is what we do is what you hear with somebody will give the, uh, you know, the go through and do the study and then we'll comment it on, on the, at the end. So with that in mind, um, let's listen to the end of the episode that Matt brought. Let's see. It's right here. Listen, I hope tonight that if you had any questions about what ghosts are or uh, anything like that, I, I hope this showed you that the Bible's true. <laughs> the Bible, Bible is 100% inerrant. It's accurate, 100% accurate. No mistakes in it. And it shows you here exactly what you are, where you're going to go when you die. Without the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll go to hell. But if you call upon him, if you understand you're a sinner and you need him as your savior, you get to heaven, call upon him and you can be saved. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Matt. Uh, good job. That was that was good. And um, Pastor uh, Pastor Steve, who is falling asleep, either that or is muted, <laughs> and he can't be heard. He can't even hear himself. <laughs> he fell asleep. I'm really really hurt. Oh, uh, Steve. <laughs> Steve, are you there? 
Maybe he's been carried off by a... Uh-oh, uh-oh. I'm here. Okay. <laughs> like he was there all the time. I was. <laughs> oh. Well, Steve, what did you think of that? Marvelous. <laughs> <laughs> I think Steve was here. Uh, that's the first time I've ever heard that. It's been called back. Uh, All right, well, let's move right on to Pastor Strobel. Uh, that's, that's a tough act to follow. <laughs> Steve, you know, he gets up early. Give him a break, right? Well, let me just add, in, in, in light of uh, everything. So there was that. <laughs> I'm in tears uh, over here. <laughs> I'm glad he's laughing tears. That's what. Oh man! <laughs> I thought you recovered quite well. <laughs> uh, marvelous. And it's and it's amazing how that memory was convoluted. I was expecting him to say wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was marvelous. <laughs> just marvelous and wonderful. Yeah. I'll, I'll just song. <laughs> All right. So that was a look back at some of our uh, earlier episodes along the way. But um, before we go into uh, taking a look at some of the questions that you've had, uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to just listen to this. O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands had made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art, how great thou art. And when I think that God his Son not sparing sent him to die, I scarce can take it in that on a cross my burden gladly bearing he bled and died to take away my sin then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. When Christ shall come with shout of acclamation. 
take me home, what joy shall fill my heart, then I shall bow in humble adoration, and there proclaim, my God, how great thou art, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Amen. And Steve, that was you and your sons, correct? Uh, two of them, yes, uh, uh, Jason and David. We were down at a blowout. I don't remember what year it was, but uh, we were down at a blowout one year, down in Pensacola. And it sounds like uh, they were enjoying it. Amen. They asked us to sing another one. I think it was a Sweet Hour of Prayer, and, and at the end of that one, we couldn't even hear ourselves. And mm -hmm. <laughs> it was really kind of funny to hear you know, one, one of them goes off that way in some other key, and the other one was over here shouting and stuff. It was kind of funny. Amen. And you guys, so, you that have was a blessing. I, I enjoy singing with them. I let me let me just say this. Um, you know, we uh, uh, would go to City Mission, and uh, I'd start taking the boys when they were about eleven years old. And uh, we had a group of guys that would take turns in, in preaching uh, once a month and so forth. And and before we would uh, before we'd preach, we'd we'd sing a song. And uh, nobody knew what we were gonna what we were gonna sing. It was you know I'd just pick it out. And uh, so we'd start singing. And and after a while, the boys were just you know they'd sing melody, and then and then all of a sudden they'd start breaking off into parts and. They trade off. One would sing tenor one one line, they, then they'd sing bass the next line, and they just started playing back and forth. And uh, it got to the point where they got old enough where where we actually started singing together. So <clears throat> there's uh, actually the four of us: my oldest Steve, and and then Jason, and then David and I. And uh, we've been singing. Then we get opportunities to sing different places, different times, and. It's really a, just a blessing to be able to sing with them and uh, uh, to honor the Lord with our voices and, and uh, just to be able to sing for Him. Amen. And I uh, I need to get my recorder down there and record you guys one day. That'd be a blessing. Uh, pick a nice little CD or MP3 album or something. <laughs> People have talked about it. We've just never been able to, to find the time to be able to do it. So Yeah, we'll see if we can schedule something sometime soon. All right. So last time we um, did quick answers to common questions, and that was episode number 99, part one. And um, I thought maybe we'd, uh, we're about 31 minutes into the podcast, and I thought maybe we'd take a few minutes and see if we can answer a few more questions, if you guys are able and willing. Sure, I have a question. Sure. Um, you mentioned going down and recording him. It just made me think I better stop and ask, did you start the recording today? <laughs> I did, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, very good. <laughs> That's another That's thing, another right, bloop. we should mention? That That's true. A couple times. That's Unfortunately, we don't have any recordings of that. 
that's a that's a blooper. I think I, I don't remember what episode it was, but I think we were. I was halfway through it and realized I hadn't turned the recorder on one of these episodes. I happen um, to be the recipient of that one. You remember? <laughs> Poor Steve. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about sorry about that one too, Steve. <laughs> uh we we long past that one. That's fine. And uh, yeah, so. Um, and I think one and time it, it didn't work too. There was another time where it, yes, there, and I think that was on Steve's as well. I think it's you ran out of you ran out of memory on your digital. Oh, recorder, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So that's true. And and if I could just interject uh, for those that are listening and wondering, Eric has not forgotten about the T-shirts, and he'll be talking about that a little bit later. I can talk to you about it right now. Thanks for reminding me. The uh, T-shirts that we have talked about and that you've seen on our website are still available. We've had several folks that have have uh, emailed us and said they'd like one. I think it's only three so far. So we do have more T-shirts left. And rather than doing a drawing or anything, what would, what I'd like to do is just give those away as they as you say, hey, I'd like a T-shirt. We'll send you one until they're gone. So I think we have about. Um, 11 or 12, I think, still left. So if you'd like a T-shirt, we still have all sizes available from uh, extra large, large, medium to small. So just send us an email here at thatsinthebible at gmail.com. And uh, we'll get one out to you. We'll mail it to you, even if it's across the world. So there you go. Yes, and congratulations to the three that have already got on board. And that would have been and, Steve and his two sons. <laughs> Just kidding. And you can't see me, but I'm wearing mine for our 100th episode today. Well, I, I can put it on with purpose this morning. I'll, I'll make sure to uh, include your photo with the uh, T-shirt on. <laughs> I've already been out and about wearing it in public as well today. Awesome. All right, so you guys ready? We'll go ahead and start with the first question. And um, following up on uh, our questions before, this is a common question that um, some folks have have asked and have wondered about, and that would be smoking. Now, with the legalization of, uh, well, certainly cigarettes have been legal, but what about um, marijuana is now legal in many places? So what's the problem? If it's legal, why, why... Or does the Bible say that, you know, I don't believe the Bible says anything about marijuana or smoking cigarettes, does it? Well, it's one of those things where maybe it doesn't specifically and directly uh, talk about it, but uh, there's plenty of the scriptures that, that have to do with it. And let me, you you had asked about the law since it's legal, legal isn't it okay? And um, not everything that's legal with man is legal with God. Amen. And there is a, a verse in the book of Psalms, which uh, I've preached on twice, I think, in recent years. Uh, first, uh, several years ago or a few years back in anticipation of this thing happening. And then, I, and, and then uh, again, as it's happened. But the verse is Psalm 94:20. It says, Shall the throne of iniquity have fellowship with thee, which frameth mischief by a law? And that's what we've seen going on in our country and pushing, well, you know, since for, for probably before I was born, but we have seen it increase uh, just exponentially in what they've been able to get away with. Some of the things that they're putting in laws now have been, you know, 
protect that for years, and now there's a big gaping hole, and everybody's willing to let all these things rush in. And where the Bible says one thing and the law says another, then you go with the law of God. And it might be okay for somebody when they reach a certain age to drink alcohol or now in some states to um, uh, smoke or ingest however they can or whatever they sell it, uh, marijuana. But that doesn't mean it's legal in God's sight. And to address both marijuana and alcohol, as I mentioned it, as far as that goes, I'll give you uh, two words from the Bible that uh, really, to me, just they tell you why it's wrong. And these words show up, I think, eight different times. But uh, be sober. Be sober. The most common verse that shows up with is 1 Peter 5, 8, which says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And when you are not sober, you're easy prey for the devil to devour. Amen. Let me let me just add. I, I you know I, I agree with everything that uh, Pastor Strobel said there. Uh, sometimes, uh, even with uh, an obscure uh, subject that's not directly uh, addressed in the scriptures, there are principles still that that are uh, you know that you can use to justify or to justify not doing a particular act. One of those is found in First Corinthians chapter three. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and, and I'm going to give you a verse first that's not going to sound like it means much, but it, it ties in, and it's found in verse 9. It says, For we are laborers together with God, ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. And then if you drop down just to verse 16, it says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you, if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Now, obviously, we, we know now through science and, and so forth and, and medical examinations and things that smoking, <clears throat> really of any kind, is uh, damaging to the health. And so if we as Christians are, are the temple of God, we are his building and the Holy Spirit of God dwells within us, then it seems logical and right that we shouldn't damage the temple of God. And uh, that's really a, a command from the scriptures. And that where it says there that God will destroy the temple uh, obviously, you know, those that uh, smoke and, and so forth, which I did before I trusted Jesus Christ, my Savior, I did for a short period after I trusted Christ until the Lord uh, really convicted me of it and showed me that it was wrong. Uh, the fact that uh, you have lung cancer and all these other kind of things, God gives those things or has those things instituted uh, to destroy the body for the things done in the body. And so uh, it's not a wise thing to, uh, uh, to uh, uh, destroy the temple of God, whether that's with drugs or whether that's with, you know, like marijuana or uh, harder drugs or with tobacco itself or even the, the chewing of tobacco and things along that line. Let me just say one more thing. Uh, I don't know, Matt, uh, if you're going to say anything about King James, but he's the first one that I found that actually said something about the uh, uh, wickedness and vileness of the uh, of tobacco, and that was back in 1604. 
Let me just read you a, a short little excerpt from his tract on uh, what he calls counterblast to tobacco. And it says this, have you not reason then to be, be ashamed and to forbear the filthy novelty uh, so basely grounded, so foolishly received, and so grossly mistaken in right use thereof? In your abuse uh, thereof, uh, sinning against God, harming yourselves uh, both in person and goods, and ranking also thereby the marks and notes of vanity upon you, by the custom thereof making yourselves to be uh, wondered, excuse me, wondered at by all the foreign, uh, foreign, I guess that's a word, civil, uh, civil nations, and uh, by all strangers that come uh, among you to be scorned by custom, the custom loathsome to the eyes, hateful to the nose, harmful to the brain, dangerous to the lungs, and in the, the black stinking fume thereof, nearest resembling the horrible stig, uh, stignian smoke uh, of the pit uh, that is bottomless. And that Stygnian is a reference to the god of, of uh, the underworld, uh, river Styx, and so forth. And that's what that had to deal with. So, anyway, it uh, doesn't uh, vote well. And he knew it back then. And he was a student of scripture. And, and uh, he wrote that it was wrong all the way back then. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I'll just add uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, uh, kind of along the same lines, you know, the Bible says there in 1 Corinthians 6, 12, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. Mm -hmm. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. And that can go for a lot of things, especially alcohol, uh, but also marijuana. You know, I know people say it's the gate drug and all that, and it's it's the least of all the drugs, and it's not really that bad and everything. And uh, the issue with that, though, is, the, and I know there's people that have different side effects of marijuana. You know, some people say, well, I can go ahead and smoke, you know, a joint or whatever before I go to work or drive and stuff like that. But, boy, you're setting yourself up because... The, you know, the, the effects of it, you're being brought under the power of that marijuana. And, um, I, I know firsthand here in the village of Point Hope, uh, boy, there's been a lot of violence because of marijuana, not just alcohol, marijuana. And, uh, I think about tobacco and also marijuana itself. They, they both have, uh, properties that, uh, become addictive. We know, of course, tobacco sure. has nicotine, uh, that they specifically put in there so that you would get addicted to it and buy more of it. And I know people that they need after they use marijuana for a while, they need it and they get, they not only get violent when they're on it, they get violent when they can't get it. And, uh, they say, well, it's not addictive. Yes, it is addictive. You just look at some of the people that can't have it for a few days that, that usually have it every day. They cannot function without it. And what that is, is you're being brought under the power of any. <laughs> now, that goes along with anything. I mean, coffee, all that kind of stuff, you know, and, and you're being brought under the power. You need it. And I was looking up, um, there's, uh, it's called the Kraut Law Group. Uh, now, this is uh, criminal and DUI lawyers, okay? So just I just wanted to give you a quick thing here online. Uh, this is dated February 26th of 2021. 
And uh, Kraut is K-R-A-U-T, Law Group. So if you want to look it up, you can. But uh, they did a uh, study among many studies in regards to marijuana. And uh, it says right here, one study in particular identified a positive link between cannabis use in all three forms of intimate partner violence, such as sexual, psychological, and physical. And uh, this is a quote, marijuana use is prevalent among men arrested for domestic violence. The study concluded our findings demonstrated that marijuana use was positively associated with intimate partner violence uh, perpetration among men arrested for domestic violence. And they say the use of alcohol along with marijuana tended to increase the predictability of violence. But the studies were able to prove that alcohol alone was not the controlling factor. Consistent marijuana use makes a person more susceptible to violent behavior over the course of their lifetime. Uh, in other words, the longer the person uses it, the more likely they are to become aggressive or violent. And you can you can read the whole entire study that they do, but uh, there's plenty of studies out there. And, you know, I know people say, well, it's natural. It's all natural. You know, God allows it to be grown and, and all that. Well, OK, there, the, back where I grew up uh, in upstate New York, there was berries that were natural, too, that if you eat, you'll get very, very sick and possibly even die. So just because it's natural and grows, you know, in a field somewhere, doesn't mean that it's good for you and God wants you to have it. So, uh, again, don't be brought under the power of any. Amen. Could I follow up on that point, too, because that is a common argument that it's natural. And what people forget is, well, a lot, what a lot of the lost people don't know is this world is under a curse. Amen. This isn't the original paradise creation. But when Adam sinned, not only did sin get into mankind, it got into nature, and nature has been affected. So there's stuff going on in here that uh, wasn't part of the original intention of creation in this cursed earth. Amen. Amen. I believe Hamelach is also natural. I know about Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, and I believe it was Sam Gipp that added, you know, uh, to that at, to that argument said uh, poison ivy's natural too, but I'm not going to roll it up and smoke it. <laughs> <That's right. Yeah. laughs> well, the other way I look at it too is look at look at the expense of of tobacco, of alcohol, of marijuana. I mean, especially if you're a Christian and you, you think it's okay to do any of that kind of stuff, you're looking at big bucks every single. Uh, you know, I mean, if you're smoking marijuana every day or if you're, uh, you're smoking tobacco every day and some people do a pack or two a day, I mean, it's just, uh, the amount of money that really you're just throwing down the toilet is unbelievable. Yeah. Amen. Be, Go ahead. I, I was just going to say before, before it got real expensive, uh, was the time that I was, uh, was smoking it and I was, <laughs> I can't imagine what it would be cost me today. I was smoking about three packs a day. At the time, and uh, it was, uh, you know, it was it was damaging my health. I was an athlete, and I knew that it was hurting me. But I I did it anyway, uh, partially because of the pressure, pressure, peer pressure, and so forth. But you realize that even all the the movies and the TV shows were glamorizing cigarette smoking and making it fashionable, to where most people did, and 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 then the ravages of, of the sin of tobacco started taking place and, and people were losing loved ones to lung cancer and lip cancer and esophageal cancer and kidney cancer because of, you know, doing the dip and, and so forth. And, and just, uh, you, you see some of the, uh, commercials that they put out from the anti, uh, tobacco, uh, companies or, or, uh, enterprises that show some people that have, 
that have uh, suffered the ravages of of, uh, of what tobacco does, and it's just unbelievable. Uh, just see a before and after picture uh, is just sickening to see it. And all of this, obviously, you know, money-driven, and, and the government was hand-in-hand hand with it for a long time. Uh, and uh, just the lives that have been shortened because, you know, they wanted to try to do something fashionable. Uh, so it, it's it's a wicked thing. And it's not healthy, and it's not God honoring, and uh, therefore, you know, really, you should stay away from it. <laughs> Amen. So. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, the next topic here. And uh, speaking of natural, this is vegetarian versus meat eater. So, you know, some folks will look at it and say, for a number of reasons, it's so much better to be a vegetarian than to eat meat. Uh, they will say that it's healthier for you. It's more natural to eat, uh, you know, vegetarian. <clears throat> and that, um, and some folks might even go as far as to say, well, look at what's going to happen in the garden. There was no death in the garden, so the animals weren't dying. And, and the uh, in the millennium, isn't the lion going to lie down with the lamb? So they're, they're not going to be eating each other, and, and there won't be the predator chasing down the poor little lamb. So why why are we you know, taking chickens and putting them in horrible conditions? And uh, the same thing with cows as they're slaughtered. And and isn't it more humane and, and just kinder and more Christian to be a vegetarian than to be a meat eater? Well, let me just interrupt. It, it just start out with this, and it, it ties into what was just said, that uh, people forget that we're under a curse. Uh, they were definitely vegetarian when they started out. They ate of the fruit of the, of the trees and so forth that were in the garden, but obviously sin happened, and uh, because of that, the not only man was cursed, uh, and the woman was cursed, and the serpent was cursed, but also the ground was cursed. And as a result of that, uh, the Lord said, you know, that, that um, going to eat by the sweat of your face, and uh, yeah, sweat of your face, and uh, it, obviously going to till the ground. It was not going to yield to you as, as it should or as it, w- as it was. But um, uh, then all things changed and, and uh, they started eating meat. So, uh, you know, those that want to claim that they need to be vegetarian because of the way it started, well, <laughs> they they're not in that kind of condition right now. So I'll I'll just stop from there. There's I'm sure there's a lot of things that could be said about this. So I'll just leave it for somebody else to to add to that. Well, it gets real philosophical when these when you get in discussions and people a lot of the problem we have is, you know, we think we're right and everybody should agree with us. Mm-hmm. And there are certain areas and certain subjects where there's latitude. There's certain things that are hard and fast, cut and dry, right and wrong. But uh, the Lord gives some latitude when it comes to this thing. And I'll, I'll tell you about that in a moment. But to the point of they weren't eating it in the garden and afterward they were, where that started was the Lord in uh, Genesis 9-3 after the flood uh, told uh, the people, he said, every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you, right. even as the green herb. Have I given you all things? So prior to that, the the plant was called meat. In addition to that, now he's given them the uh, the animals, and then he clarifies after the word saying, "But flesh with the life thereof, which is the blood thereof, you shall not eat." 
and that and that means they were to drain the blood. And then they get into all of that under the uh, laws later on as he lays them out uh, in in the law after the after the books of uh, after the book of Gen- Genesis. But he did give them, the Lord did allow them to eat the animals. In the New Testament, every creature of God is good. Nothing be refused or be received with, with uh, thanksgiving for it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. <laughs> okay, now to the latitude, Romans 14 is the chapter you need to remember and read, no matter which side of the thing you're on. Because if I'm a vegetarian, then a lot of times I'm going to think, well, I'm right and everybody else needs to do it this way. And if I'm a meat eater, a lot of times I think I'm right and everybody else needs to do it this way. And there's there's a balance there. So first he says in Romans 14, 1, him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Now, maybe because that guy's health is weaker that he's eating herbs to, you know, for his health. Or it might be because he's weak in conscience. Either way. Um, and it says in verse 3, let not him that eateth, right? And he's talking about eating uh, meat there. Um, let not him that eateth, or or the all things, which includes the meat there, let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. And let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. Who art thou that judgest, judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth, yea, he shall be holding up, for God is able to to make him stand. And so the Lord's telling you, look, um, I've received him. Some people are going to eat one thing. Some people are going to eat another thing. It's not about uh, meat and drink, right? The kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And so uh, he does give latitude right there in the first uh, verses. And he, can, he elaborates more in the chapter as well, but uh, that give you a good taste of it. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Amen, too. The, in regards to, you made a point about, you know, the other argument that people will make also is the terrible conditions that uh, some of the animals are in, right? I mean, you have some, uh, you know, some farms there where, I mean, it's just mass producing of animals and stuff like that. And and um, first, uh, just go to, um, in Psalm chapter uh, 9 here, I'm sorry, verse 8. Um, in verse five, so Psalm chapter eight, verse five, it says, for thou hast made him talk. So God has made, you know, mankind a little lower than the angels and has crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Um, now what's under our feet? We'll look at verse seven that we can have dominion over verse seven, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord. How excellent is thy name in all the earth. So he's given us dominion over the beasts and all that. Um, as we've already seen also, all things are you know okay for us to eat. Uh, but I would also say in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 10, it says, A righteous man regardeth the life of his beast. And so as a farmer or anybody like that that has animals, definitely the right thing to do is to, I mean, if you're going to slaughter them, slaughter them the right way. Don't, you know, let them suffer and things like that. And and I think farmers that love their job and aren't doing it just for the money, but they actually love their job, uh, they, they take care of the life of their beasts, you know, until they do butcher them or whatever. But at that same time, they're not drawing that, you know, death out. They're, they're killing them right away. But the life that they had before that was a decent life. So, 
I, I would just like to say there's definitely some places that don't do it right. And that doesn't, you know, make it so that, okay, well, we better all be vegetarians, you know, but, but I think definitely God has, of course, the, he gives us the laws in regards to, or what he would like us to do in regards to, uh, having beasts. And then of course, uh, killing them for food. I probably should add one other thing to this. And, um, I quoted before about every creature of God being good, sanctified by the word of God in prayer. Right before that, it's first Timothy or second uh, Timothy, uh, chapter, I think it's second, chapter four, verse number one. Um, and, what it says is now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, I'm, ex- I'm sorry, it's first Timothy four, verse number one. All of a sudden I, my Bible program here is just a little confusing where it was at, uh, the, the way it's got it laid out. But anyway, second Tim or first Timothy chapter four and verse number one. Now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God has created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. So two things about that. First, when I saw that after being saved growing up in the Catholic Church, I thought of the immediate application where priests and the nuns are, are being forbade to, to get married. And also during the time of Lent when we're being commanded to abstain from meats. And there's application there. But uh, this, what's going on in this generation is there's this strong movement by people, not, not, not even talking about Christian folks now, although they can get swept away in it, but that are just thinking it's, it's just got to be vegetarian for whatever reason. There's a spirit there and uh, that thing is moving and you have them essentially commanding you to abstain from meats, telling you that it is, that it's absolutely wrong. When again, our final authority, and this is what this program is all about, that's in the Bible, tells us it's okay. And I say that being somebody that that does eat meat, but I don't eat it as much probably as as most people do. I mean, I could go a month without without eating it. I'd be just fine. But um, there's something else going on here in the in the air, and uh, I don't know where it's going to lead to. But maybe it has something to do with what's coming up in the tribulation time. But uh, it's certainly sweeping a lot of people up right now, and I, I think. Uh, somehow or another, the devil's entangling their minds, and, and and they're already less receptive to the Word of God, but it's not making them any more receptive to it. Mm, All right, and uh, let's see, we are coming up on an hour here, so let's do one more, um, and that is music. Uh, well, before we go on to music, if you're interested in more information on on uh, vegetarianism versus meat eating. Uh, look at episode number 45 from our podcast, To Eat or Not to Eat, What Does the Bible Say? So that's a more in-depth study on, on that subject. But let's look at music now. Um, so many folks enjoy music, and whether it's classical or easy listening, and then there's, of course, uh, hip-hop and rap and rock. And, um, you know, doesn't, doesn't God enjoy music? Uh, you know, doesn't he like music? Didn't David dance? And, and, um, isn't that, we, didn't we read that in the Bible where David danced to, to music and, and, uh, who's, who's, to, who's really to say whether, uh, you know, rock is better than rap or easy listening is better than classical or classical is better than all of them. Um, 
you know, does the does the Bible really speak about these things, or is it is it left up to each individual to determine what's right for them? Uh, let me let me go ahead and jump in here. Uh, you know, music's been a part of my life uh, uh, ever since I can remember, and um, uh, before I was saved. I had uh, an appreciation for a lot of different forms of music uh, and, um, in fact, majored in, in vocal music when, uh, when I went to college for a couple of years before I flunked out and, and uh, so forth. And, and that was other reasons that probably mentioned on some podcast in the past, but uh, for another time. But when I got saved, uh, there's something that, that took place. Obviously, the Spirit of God came inside of me and uh, began to change things around in, in my priorities because I saw things from a different perspective than, than, um, than I did before. And it's not saying that my flesh changed, but my spirit changed. And, and let me just say this, that, that music minister, ministers in three different places. It ministers in your spirit. It ministers in your soul, and it ministers in your body. And depending on the kind of music that you listen to will determine what part of that, uh, of your body, if you will, the spirit, soul, or body is affected. The thing that you need to realize is that, uh, in, in let's just take a verse in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts, and this is the key, to the Lord. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And it's supposed to be a ministry as opposed to a talent show. And, uh, you know, I, I could go on and on and on, and I'm, I'm going to try to make this as brief as I can. But you realize that, that even in churches, you have people that are trying to showcase themselves, trying to showcase their voice, trying to entertain as opposed to minister. And uh, in order to minister, uh, first of all, the lyrics are the things that's most important, not the voice. And unfortunately, a lot of people want to showcase the voice as opposed to the lyrics. And it's the lyrics that teaches and admonishes us in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And uh, the thing that has to be realized is that the flesh needs to be put down and the spirit needs to come through and allow the Word of God to be manifest. That's what's so great about all the hymns, or a lot of the hymns anyway, that we have, especially the older hymns, is that they're using Scripture or scripturally based, and they're not emotionally based, to try to minister to the person listening. And, and obviously, as the Scripture that we just read, that we're singing to the Lord. Uh, and, and that's where it needs to be. The, the byproduct of singing to the Lord is that whoever hears you is blessed by what, what they hear. And uh, there's a lot of things that can be said, but let me just suffice it to say that, that over the years, uh, from the time that I got saved, there are many frustrated rockers that wanted their music to be heard and now they've been able to incorporate it into contemporary, well, I'll say contemporary Christian music. 
and uh, they've changed things around. They've changed the philosophy of music around. They've changed. They they may say that their heart is towards the Lord, but their lyrics are emotional instead of scriptural, and uh, they're trying to entertain as opposed to minister. So. With that, guys, I'll let you guys go ahead and because there's a lot more things I could say, but l- let me just stop there. Yeah, I did a, a whole study on this uh, on episode 76, music, God's gift or Satan's tool, and I, I explained the fact is God is definitely not against music. You know, I mean, God created, of course, Lucifer in the beginning. Um, you'll see that, of course, in Ezekiel chapter 28 and all that that uh, he created. Uh, Lucifer with uh, harps and tabrets and all that kind of stuff uh, built into him. And so he definitely is not against music, uh, but it's got to be a certain type of music, as, as of course, uh, my father-in-law just uh, talked about, that there is fleshly and there is spiritual music. And uh, if we're going to worship the Lord, we must worship him in spirit and in truth, John four twenty four. And so we got to be real careful about you know that music that... Uh, moves your body and all that kind of stuff that we've got going on today. And a big argument I hear all the time is, well, you know, it, it uh, maybe it sounds like rock and roll or rap, but boy, it's got good words to it, you know, good lyrics. And well, a, a right and a wrong doesn't make a right. I mean, it, you want to have two rights here. So why, why don't you have good lyrics plus good spiritual music instead of fleshly music? You know, I mean, you got that fleshly, you know, I was a drummer, uh, my dad was a drummer, you know, we know the beats and the guitar riffs and all that kind of stuff. That's all, you look any up any quotes of rock and roll in regards to, uh, you know, the old rock and roll stars and everything like that. They say it's all about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And uh, you you try and have Christian lyrics with that kind of beats and guitar riffs, you're going to you're going to uh, cross out any good in regards to that kind of, you know, lyrics that you have in there. And the bottom line is, you know, I hear people say it too. Well, it helps me worship the Lord. You know, uh, that kind of like rock and roll music with Christian lyrics, it really helps me out the most. Well, the bottom line is music first and foremost is not for us. First and foremost, it's for the Lord to sing it out to the Lord and, and to, honor and glorify the Lord with it. And then secondarily, then it's for us. Um, but, but first and foremost, you better make sure it pleases the Lord because it's first and foremost for the Lord. And, uh, so get your, get yourself out of it first. And, and, uh, if it's pleasing to the Lord, then eventually, boy, it's gonna, it's gonna do a lot of good for your, for your spirit. Amen. I read you a couple of verses and tell me if this sounds familiar as far as, uh, people's attitudes in our day and age and, and really for a good long time. But uh, it says, Therefore they say unto God, Depart from us, for we desire not the knowledge of thy ways. What is the Almighty that we should serve him, and what profit should we have if we pray unto him? We certainly run into a lot of people like that. And the first verse started with, with therefore. And when you see the word therefore in the Bible, you want to stop and wonder what it's there for. And he's connecting you to something that he had just got done saying. And what, what he had just got done saying was, I'm reading from Job 21 now, beginning of verse 11. They send forth their little ones like a flock and their children dance. They take the timbrel and harp and rejoice at the sound of the organ. They spend their days in wealth and in a moment go down to the grave, like many a rock star, by the way. Therefore, they say unto God, 
apart from us. We desire not knowledge. Otherwise, they don't want anything to do with the God with God. And what the what was the premise was they it was based on the music they were listening to. Music they say is the universal language. The the root of the word music is the word muse. It's 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 stimulating thought. It's causing you to think something. And what you're going to find out is you tend to think about things that are like the songs that you listen to. After I got saved and looked back at some of my old philosophies, I, I found them directly related to the music I was listening to, the words that I was hearing in those songs. Amen. The music softened my resistance so that it could preach to my brain and even my subconscious. And those things became a part of me. Some of those things I thought were original thoughts until I got back looking at the words that I was listening to. And I had incorporated them as my my guiding um, directive ways of, of life, my philosophies, my, my, my statutes and the tenets of that I was going to, going to live by. But God, you know, tends to get lost in that picture and the wrong kind of music just, it doesn't allow the brain to process God properly. And there's another passage with similar results and it's in Isaiah chapter five, beginning in verse 11 starting with um, with alcohol, really. Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning, that they may follow strong drink and continue until night till wine inflame them. And by the way, I mean, you go to a party, you got music playing. People getting drunk at a bar, you got music playing. Everything goes, music was everything. And the harp and the viol, V-I-O-L, like short for violin, as we where we're, we're more familiar with the, that root, and the harp and the viol, the tabret and pipe and wine are in their feasts, but they regard not the work of the Lord, neither consider the operation of His hands. There's two places in the Bible where the music caused them not to consider God, pay attention to Him, or really give the Lord the time of day, and 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 in one case they're actually saying, "Get away from us, God." Depart from us. We desire not the knowledge of thy ways. What, what is the Almighty that we should serve him? And what profit should we have if we pray unto him? Well, if you do it right, there's going to be a lot of profit. But back in Isaiah chapter 5, after he said that they don't regard the work of the Lord nor consider the operation of his hands, he says, therefore my people, this is God's people. There's a therefore again, because of this music and stuff, in the, and in this case, the alcohol. Therefore my people are gone into captivity you know what the Lord tells us to do? He says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. It, it, this stuff captures your mind. It captivates it. Therefore, my people are going into captivity because they have no knowledge and their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. Watch this. Therefore, hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure and their glory and their multitude and their pomp and he that rejoices shall descend into it. The devil is using music to open wide the gates of hell and see more people plunged into it and, and, and who don't even want to listen to somebody that's trying to witness to them because their mind is shut like a steel trap. And one other thing, and I'll, I'll stop, but I also discovered, looking back at it, that so many of the lyrics that I listen to, I mean, they, they know, when I start starting to know the Bible, these things just had to be demonically inspired from hell from the prince of the power of the air. I'll give you just one example. Um, you know, the, Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock, right? If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. Well, there were two songs, one when I was a kid, and, and, the, and the song said this repeatedly, I hear you knocking, but you can't come in. 
I hear you knocking. Go back where you've been. You know, depart from us. We desire not knowledge otherwise. And you're just getting that in. And and, and the song may have to do with something else where the, from the writer's standpoint, but the devil gets in those things. And you're conditioning a bunch of people with, well, here's the Lord knocking at your heart store. And their mind's conditioned. I hear you knocking, but you can't come in. Get out of here. Go back where you've been. Amen. And then one time I was in Montana. I was trying to help a friend of mine start a church. And we were knocking doors in um, Billings, Montana. And nobody would come to the door, but we did hear this music playing. And it wasn't the same song, but it had the same message with a similar uh, premise. I hear you knocking, but I won't let you in, it said, with a different melody. And man, we didn't even get to rouse them from the door because of the music. So, I mean, the devil is in the details when it comes to these things. Let me let me just say, you know, add something there. Everything's well said. Um, I've been in um, some churches uh, where you couldn't tell the difference between a rock concert and a church service. And uh, they've got the cameras going up and down and looking, you know, at the drummer, then looking at the piano player, then looking at the guitar player, and they're all in black, and they're carrying the cameras around, going from place to place. you got the praise team up there doing their thing. And it's all a performance, and um, the congregation is observing and, and watching a show instead of participating in in the uh, worship of uh, of the Lord. And what that brings me to is that I believe Christians have a higher standard or a higher calling when it comes to music to kind of tie in what I was saying before. Uh, putting down the flesh and allowing the Spirit of God to, to, to work through you and, and to minister through you. There are a lot of things going on in, in Christian churches that I think are sad. Uh, they've got special music that sounds like uh, cocktail music or nightclub music. Uh, you've got the Southern Gospel that's going out there really uh, jazzing it up and so forth and putting on a show. I mean, if you want to have a, a, a gospel, uh, you know, quartet concert or something like that, you want to go to that. Okay, I, I, I suppose I could, I could, you know, give some grace in that. But when you start putting it in the church and putting on a show, you're drawing attention from from what it's all about. It's all about God. It's not about your show. It's not about all the antics and all the drama and the the great endings and the repeat endings and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, I've heard the country twang. I've heard the over-emoting, you know, like Jimmy Swaggart, you know, where he's talking through it, you know, oh, we're all going to be saved. Oh, yes, we are, you know, that type of thing. And I've heard the operatic, you know, kind, you know, that get up there and all they're trying to do is show off their voice. And, and, and they lose sight, you know, I think in themselves, they might think that they're trying to worship God, but the real motive is to have people say well of them and to, uh, you know, give them a pat on the back and say, oh, brother, I really love that special. That was really good. But you couldn't understand some of the words. I've heard operatic singers singing a Christian song. If I didn't know the song ahead of time, you couldn't tell what they were singing. What's the purpose? I mean, what are they there for? Uh, It's all to magnify the Lord and to glorify Him. And, um, you know, if, if we don't get this thing right, uh, you know, we're, we're losing uh, ministry in the churches. Uh, we're, we're losing uh, the fact where people are despising the hymns. I remember 
I remember my daughter going on a missions trip over in Europe, and there were churches from all over the United States that were there. And, and our, our kids, there were, there were a number of uh, people from our church that went, and they started singing, you know, Saved by the Blood, uh, uh, you know, And Can It Be. They were singing, you know, uh, It Is Well With My Soul. And there were Christians, Christian kids that had never heard those hymns. They'd never heard uh, Are You Washed in the Blood. They'd never heard Amazing Grace. And they didn't know the words, and, the, and they heard our kids sing, and they were, you know, you got to write the words down so we can sing along with you, you know, that type of thing. And they just, they had never heard the hymns. They had all been brought up on, on contemporary music. That was, you know, we, we commonly call them seven eleven songs, seven words sung 11 times. And, and all it is is to evoke an emotion, uh, to evoke a response, uh, to give air hugs to God, you know, that type of thing. And it's not ministering to the spirit, it's ministering to the flesh. And uh, we need to get back to where it ministers to the spirit. I tell you, I've been in service, I know some of the other guys can can vouch for this, where we've been in services where a guy couldn't sing a lick. I mean, and I'm talking about Brother Spurgeon, and, and he would say the same thing of himself. And he sang a spiritual song. I'm telling you, I was I was weeping, stand, sitting there just weeping with warm tears rolling down my eyes, down my face. And I, I was almost, I couldn't control. I, I could not control what was going on. And it was the Spirit of God moving through him to my spirit and just affecting me in ways that I could not imagine. And I wasn't, I wasn't compelled to, to get up and do a, a, a jig or anything like that, I was just moved in my spirit to where it ministered to me what he was saying, and it just dealt with me in such a way I, I couldn't describe it any other way than that the Lord grabbed a hold of me and just ministered to me. And like I said, the guy couldn't sing a lick, but the words really affected me. And that's the ministry of the word, and it glorifies God, and it affects His people, and that's where we need to focus, and that's where Christianity needs to get back to. So I'll I'll leave it with that. But but it's it's really important because people are losing sight. They're they're responding to their flesh, and not their spirit. Amen. Well said. Well said. Well, there we have it, episode 100. Lord willing, we'll be able to add a few more. Times are here, filling hearts with fear. Guys, I want to thank you again for all that you've been able to add over the years. And uh, Lord willing, we'll be able to continue on and, and uh, until Jesus comes or uh, we go home. Amen. Amen. All right. Anything else? Marvelous. Fitting ending. I have to put that on a little soundbite, don't I? Yeah, you do. <laughs> All right. Lord willing, we'll see you again soon.
Why don't you right now bow your head and pray and ask the Lord Jesus Christ to save you. The Bible says when a man is ready to repent of his sin and put his faith and trust completely in the Lord Jesus Christ and the blood that he shed for the salvation of his soul, it says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Why don't you call upon his name right now? If you're ready to do that and you mean business, and you'll call upon him and ask Jesus to save you, putting your faith and trust in him and him alone as your only hope for heaven. The Lord Jesus Christ will come in your heart and save you right now. You could pray. You could ask him to do that even now. If, if you mean business with him, I'm going to give you a prayer that you could pray, not just repeating these words as a vain repetition, but you could pray this prayer or something like it from your heart to God, from your heart through your mouth, to the heart of God, you could pray something like this. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I believe that you died for my sins on the cross. I believe that you were buried and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Dear Jesus, please come into my heart and save me from my sins and from hell. I repent of my sins and I receive you, Jesus, as my personal Savior. I am right now trusting you, Jesus, as my only hope for forgiveness in heaven. Amen. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty Lose all their guilty stains Lose all their guilty stains And sinners plunged beneath that flood Lose all their guilty stains dying thief rejoice to see that fountain in his day and there may I though vile as he wash all my sins away 
sins away. And there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. Dear dying Lamb, thy precious blood shall never lose its power till all the ransomed church of God be saved to sin no more be saved to sin no more be saved to sin no Church of God, be saved to sin no more. Ere sins by faith I saw the stream, thy flowing wounds supply. Redeeming love has been my theme. And shall be till I die. And shall be till I die. And shall be till I die. Redeeming love has been my theme. And shall be till I die. When this poor lisping, stammering tongue lies silent in the grave, then in a nobler, sweeter song I'll sing thy power to save. I'll sing thy power to save. I'll sing thy power to save. Then in a nobler, sweeter song, I'll sing thy power to save.